You know, I, I, I love technology, and I absolutely hate technology. <laughs> I, I, every day, I have to go through the, I have a Samsung watch, a smart watch. So every day, I have to have my watch. Hey, Greg, is today the day that you'll resume your activity goals? I just want to smash it with a hammer every day. <laughs> it does it every morning, but this time. Hey, Greg, is to no, no, no. Have you you're not gotten the issue yet? <laughs> oh, it's time to get back to my walking. I know, I know. Leave me alone. <laughs> Bothered by technology. That's the least of my issues. (laughs) I've got a number of them. You want to see a list? (laughs) All right, other stories that I want to share with you this morning. CPAC is underway. Um, The Conservative Political Action Conference got underway, started on Wednesday, and then yesterday really kind of kicked off into full swing. And Representative Mark Green of Tennessee, You know him as the chairman of the House Homeland Security Committee. One of the things that he said was that the number of Chinese nationalists that are crossing the border, we spend a lot of time talking about the border. And, you know, we don't know who the people are who are crossing the border. They're coming into the country illegally. They're being then released into the interior of the country. We don't know who they are. We don't know where they're from. We don't know what their intention is. We don't know. I don't want to assume the worst. You know, there are people, the the media, oh, look, look at these people. They just want a better life. And there are people who do. They're looking for a better life. No problem. I mean, no no problem. I totally understand where they're at. They, They need to play by the rules like anybody else, but we don't know who all these people are. We don't know why they're coming into the country. And so Representative Green said, we've had mass waves of Chinese terrorists storming military installations with cameras, he said. What? And... So I want to give you the whole comment. He said, I'm not suggesting, he was talking about the number of Chinese nationalists coming in. And he said, I'm not suggesting that China is going to be attacking the United States. But if we defend Taiwan, I can't imagine there aren't people in there who are going to be tracking our railheads and looking at our ports. And who knows what else? We've had mass waves of Chinese terrorists storming military installations with cameras. So look, it's a desperate threat, he said. And then he went on to talk about it in more detail, talking about the fentanyl. You and I have talked about fentanyl a lot uh, because it's, as you've heard, and I've said this many times, you've heard it from our local authorities, and you've seen news of the deaths. You know what fentanyl is doing. And you know where it's coming from. It's coming from China. That's where the fentanyl is coming from. And Green says um, the amount of fentanyl then makes every town in America a border town. And 
he pointed to a story about, um, and you may remember it, a baby who was crawling around on a floor in Florida died because the previous tenant had left fentanyl. And so Green says, there isn't an American who is safe right now because of this open border and the failure of this secretary. So this was, he's talking about then the House voting to impeach Alejandro Mayorkas, the Secretary of Homeland Security. And he's not the only one who's highlighting these issues. Senator Ron Johnson of Wisconsin said that the, talking about what's going on with fentanyl, and he said this invasion of fentanyl into this country is a Chinese communist plot to poison Americans, he said. He said uh, military-age men from China and all over the world are flooding into America through the Democrats' open border, he said on X. He said it is a clear and present danger that Biden has the authority to address but chooses not to. Yeah, the um, Speaker of the House pointed that out yesterday, too. And you and I already knew this. Joe Biden could have taken action and didn't, and it's just a lies coming out of the White House. But Speaker Johnson is right, you know, that talking about what's going on with, uh, with fentanyl. Tom Holman, who was the former acting director of U.S. Immigration and Customs Enforcement, ICE, said Joe Biden is the first president in the history of this nation who came in office an unsecured border on purpose, he said. And then he said he just rejected the complaints about, you know, the the inhumane border policies of Donald Trump. And he said, let me tell you something. President Trump had illegal immigration down to a 45-year low. Ill, illegal immigration was down 83 to 90%. President Trump's policies saved lives. Since Biden's been in office, there's been over 1,700 dead migrants crossing the border, a historic record, and 112,000 dead Americans from fentanyl poisonings. Yeah, this issue of the border, I think, is just, you, you cannot underscore the importance of what's going on at the uh, border. And getting back to the comments of Representative Green, you know, he said the these Chinese terrorists that are coming in, very concerning. He said, you don't leave China with the social credit score system unless the Chinese Communist Party knows about it. They're flying to South America and Central America and then coming up here. They're paying $60,000 to the cartels, which is enriching the cartels. Terrible organizations. They're subhuman. We're basically feeding the money and letting these individuals enter the United States, he said. This issue of the border, I continue to believe, is 
the most important issue of our time right now. What we see going on right now with the border, there is no more important issue, I think. There's a couple that come close. Government control. But it's impacting the the health, the welfare of every American, what we see happening because of this administration's lack of policies on the border, its refusal to follow the laws. Donald Trump, as we talk about uh, CPAC uh, underway, this caught my attention. Donald Trump, this was yesterday, he made these comments, and he, he was speaking at a forum for Christian broadcasters in Nashville. Have you seen this? And he compared the stakes on Election Day. He compared that to the battles of D-Day, Battle of the Bulge. And he said God's involvement was needed to rescue the country. This is Donald Trump. You know the one who's being demonized every every day in the in the legacy media. Donald Trump said, "Today we are in another struggle for survival of our nation." He said, "This time the greatest threat is not from the outside of our country. I really believe this. It's from within." He said, "I am here today because I know that to achieve victory in this fight, just like in the battles of the past." We still need the hand of our Lord and the grace of Almighty God, he said. That really, uh, really, really uh, caught my attention. He, um, you know, there are those who uh, who point to Trump. He's been married, what, three times? He, he's got... Um, I, a, a lot of Donald Trump's failures, I see in myself. I mean, I see these failures in myself. Doesn't mean Donald Trump's not right. It means Donald Trump is human. It means he, we're all human. We're all making mistakes. But Trump said, you know, I'm a very proud Christian, actually. He said, I've been very busy fighting and, you know, taking the bullets, taking the arrows. I'm taking them for you, and I'm so honored to take them, you have no idea, he said. And he says, Christians, they can't afford to sit on the sidelines in this fight. The radical left is coming after all of it. And the radical left, it's not just the this issue of Trump or elections or any any of that. Look at what's going on. And the assaults on, you know, those who were out there, like swimmer uh, Riley Gaines we were talking about yesterday, and the assaults on her and what we see happening. Again, I mean, is Donald Trump not right about this? Said the radical left is coming after all of us. 
because they know that our allegiance is not to them. Our allegiance is to our country, and our allegiance is to our Creator. The so again that um, this this was a, a story from Reuters actually of all all places. I found it at SRN News. Um, but it, it it's kind of a great point. I, you know, we're in a struggle for survival of our nation. And this time, the greatest threat is not from the outside of our country. I really believe this. It's from within. And I listen to that, and I ponder it, and I go, I can't disagree with that. I can't disagree with that at all. It's exactly what's going on. And so to hear Donald Trump out there talking about, you know, the grace of God, and that, you know, he's a he's a, a proud uh, Christian. And again, there are going to be people who will attack him and demonize him because of that, as as I think they do all to a lot of Christians. And admittedly, you know, because we're Christian, it doesn't mean that you're claiming to be perfect. It means you're striving to be more than you were. Are, you know. Striving to be more than you were yesterday. That's what it means to be Christian. It's not that you don't make mistakes. Donald Trump certainly has, as we all have. None of us are immune to making mistakes, except the left, ask them. Yeah, except the far left, you can ask them, have they made any mistake? No, no, you, they never make mistakes. But I, that really... Um, really touched me, I want, and I wanted to share it because uh, I agree with Trump. I think we are in a struggle for survival of our nation, and it's proven every day because of the news stories that I'm having to share and what we see going on and what's happening in this country. And I said this earlier this morning. I really don't believe it's going to be until way down the road, assuming that we're around. Assuming that, you know, we don't all kill ourselves. Um, Each other, I mean. It's going to take, I think, historians a hundred years or more to be able to look back honestly at what's going on in the culture right now. And I think what you and I, all we can do is, like Trump's, said, you know, we need the hand of the Lord. We need the grace of uh, of Almighty God. I believe that. I'm praying every day. Pray every day. I I start my morning with uh with prayers. The and I try to end my way that day that way. I'm saying prayers throughout the day. Saying prayers at every meal. Um, because we need the grace of God. Trump's Trump's right when he says that. There was also another story that I wanted to share. This really caught my attention. Senator Ted Cruz does a podcast called The Verdict. He's been doing it now for a while. He uh, he co-hosts it with Ben Ferguson. 
And so he said something during that Cruz has said uh, had a lot of insights, uh, I think, of Senator Ted Cruz. But he was saying this about the legacy media, about the state media. And he was saying that, he said, he said this, understand the Democrats and the media would be perfectly happy if they could wave a wand and put Joe Biden there four years or more. They're not worried that he's incompetent to be president. They're not worried that the Department of Justice says he's not competent to stand trial. They're not worried that he's such a weak commander-in-chief that our enemies are attacking our allies and threatening America. They're not worried that he lacks the competence to do the job. There's only one thing they're worried about, that he would lose. And I'm like, what? Caught my attention. He goes on. He said, if they believed that Biden would win, they'd be perfectly fine to weekend at Bernie's him to stand him up as a corpse. So say, Joe Biden's there. Let's keep pulling the puppet strings. Their concern, or their concern is they're worried he's going to lose. And that is a very real and acute concern in their, on their part. Why does he say that? Because, have you seen the legacy media reports? They're after Biden. They're challenging Joe Biden. And Biden doesn't know how to react. Suddenly, he's got a media that has been sympathetic to him and whatever he wants to do. They, they've been sympathetic to Biden. Uh, and now they're biting at Biden. They're complaining. And they're going after Biden. He's not used to that. He's used to them licking his boots. Cruz is absolutely right. Because then Cruz went on to say, and that's right now, that's right now. What they are concerned about is that Joe Biden will lose. And they're hoping that somebody else is going to step in and take the party. And Cruz said, if if Biden stays the nominee, they'll get back in line and they'll immediately begin saying, oh, it's ageist and racist and horrible to even ask these questions. He said they have no shame. So this is the moment where they're trying to see if they can push Biden out and replace him with Michelle Obama. If they can't, he doesn't go away. Uh, if we get to September and Biden's the nominee, the media will suddenly be completely silent on this front and will attack anyone who dares raise the same questions they're raising right now. That is incredibly insightful. Um, he's, I, I believe that Cruz is absolutely right. I wanted to share that with you. The Democrats right now, they're they're biting at Joe Biden, and uh, and again, he he's been you know he's used to them responding like sycophants all of the time, so he doesn't react well to this. He doesn't quite understand what's happening. They're concerned that Joe Biden is going to lose. 
They're very, very worried that he might lose. So if he winds up being the nominee, we'll see. I don't know. So I'm not, I'm not predicting anything here. Every indication is that Joe Biden continue plans to run. And it's Joe Biden who's pushing him, wants him to run. Um, but, but I think Cruz is right. If Biden winds up being not the nominee, the legacy media will fall right back into line and begin attacking Republicans all over again. Generally, for me, you know, I don't get as much sleep uh, on weeknights as as I would like. Um, the and the, and that's all right. I might go to bed early, maybe on a Wednesday night, so I can catch a little bit more steam then to finish out the week. And the weekends is when I really am able to sleep in. And sleeping in for me might be, I don't know, 5 or 6 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> but I woke up. The, I never. I don't remember waking up once I had fallen asleep last night, except maybe I think to readjust my, my CPAP, you know, on. So readjusting my mask maybe a little bit here or there and then right back to sleep. And, I mean, I woke up this morning just feeling like death warmed over. I, and I don't know why. I was, I'm just so tired. Just absolutely tired by the end. of Some weeks are worse than others. Other weeks have a pretty good week, a lot of steam. This week, not so much. Not so much. And then, you know, as you get tired, I start getting morose. And I'm like, no, no, this is not, no, not good. Not good. So thanks for your patience this morning. Thanks for bearing with me. I will get plenty of rest this weekend. Plenty of sleep and be back at it next week and do the whole thing all over again. Among the big stories this morning. Donald Trump uh, lost yesterday. He wanted to postpone the New York uh, ruling by this court that he has to cough up the $355 million. And Trump wanted to delay that, and the judge basically said, no, he said, now this is a decision not only involving Trump, but his two oldest sons. Um, They've also gone after them. And so, so it's not just Donald Trump. I think it's important to note that it's it's those who are close to him. So, Trump wanted to uh, delay this, and the judge said to all of them, "You have failed to explain, much less justify, any basis for a stay." He said, "I'm confident that the appellate division will protect your appellate rights." So. The, I think uh, Trump's lawyer had responded saying the EG's office didn't follow proper court procedure, made errors in the judgment, and he also argued that the defense should have had time to submit a proposed counter judgment. So, Judge Angeron. Signed the judgment yesterday, and Trump's side has said they they plan to fight it. They plan to appeal that. So that story continues. It's been a big story. I touched on this very briefly earlier this morning. House Speaker Mike Johnson 
is this is a story from Newsmax. Um, Speaker Johnson released a statement yesterday reacting to the report from Wednesday that said, and you and I talked about this at length yesterday, and, and, and my conclusion was I don't believe it, that Biden is considering executive action on the border. And I don't believe it, and nor do many of you. We talked about that the other day. So House Speaker Mike Johnson weighs in on this issue yesterday. And he said, as I appreciate his comments, because Johnson said of the president, he said, now in an election year, after the president has surrendered the border to cartels and smugglers, the president suddenly seems interested in trying to make a change using the legal authority that he that he claimed until recently didn't exist. You know, he's right about that. Joe Biden has been out there saying, oh, it, don't have the authority to be able to do this. Uh, and now the story, and we this is what we were talking about yesterday, the story this week is that the administration is considering you know, action on the border, much along the lines of what Donald Trump has has done, or had done, I should say. And, you know, as, as I said to you earlier this week, all he has to do is do it. I mean, he's considering it. That's a far cry from actually doing it. It's a sham. And what Speaker Johnson is saying is this is also in contradiction to what the president has said previously. Oh, I don't have the uh, don't have the legal authority to do that. Don't have the legal authority to do that. Now suddenly where where did the legal authority come from that now he's suddenly considering doing it? Well, it's he's lying, obviously, doing what he always does. He's not engaged in the truth. And so Speaker Johnson said in his statement, he said, Americans have lost faith in this president and won't be fooled by election year gimmicks that don't actually secure the border. Nor will they forget that the president created this catastrophe and until now has refused to use his executive power to fix it. Absolutely right. And he said, you know, remember now the president saying, and, the, and we we have exposed what a sham this is, and as have some of the other programs on Kello, what a sham this is that, you know, the president asking Congress, just give me the power, I need the power, begging Congress, I've done all I can do, just give me the power. This is what Biden said. I've asked from the very day I got into office, give me the border patrol, give me the people, the judges, give me the people who can stop this and make it work right. Well, the way he wants it to work is not the way that Congress has decreed through legislation 
that it should work. He's just taking it upon himself to do it in the way that he wants to. And so Johnson then said, all of this coming from the president, it's simply not true. He said, these reports underscore just how brazenly and intentionally President Biden misled the public when he claimed he had done everything in his power to secure the border. And then he said, the president apparently wants to invoke a section of the Immigration and Nationality Act. And the he said, if, and the White House has dismissed then that for months, that they weren't going, and now apparently that they're considering it. He said, if these reports are true and the president intends to take action, he can show he's serious by changing more than asylum policy. He should begin by reinstituting the Remain in Mexico policy and ending his administration's abuse of the parole system along with other crucial reforms. Now, I don't expect to see any of that. And I don't think you do either. Because of the president were at, were serious about this he would never have changed the remain in mexico policy in the first place he's not serious about any of this all of this is lip service that's all it is he's not going to do any of these things any differently than what he has been doing and it's just uh uh, it's it's just such a so frustrating. You really appreciate why Speaker Johnson is, you know, at his wits' end because that's how many of us feel. I think we've been talking about that issue. I really believe the the issue of the border is the most and what's happening the border and beyond. Because now we are seeing, as I have been talking about not only on the north or the southern border but the northern border and then the effects of fentanyl and all of this it's the destruction of the country right before our eyes that we have seen taking place it's just <clears throat> infuriating so also the uh, president was at a campaign fundraiser in California on Wednesday And uh, the president is saying that current Republicans are worse than the real racists that he served with with the Senate back in the 70s. He told the crowd, he said, I've been a senator since 72. I've served with real racists. I've served with Strom Thurmond. I've served with all these guys that have set terrible records on race, he said. But guess what? Now, and now he's talking about Republicans. But guess what? These guys are worse. These guys do not believe in basic Democratic principles. <laughs> oh, oh, these guys are worse, Biden says. Now, who's he talking about? He's talking about you. You understand that, right? He's talking about you. You're worse. 
that Strom Thurmond and all of these other racists he served with in the Senate, you're worse. That's what he's saying. And so then he was uh, remembering how he'd been asked in uh, 2000. Oh, here we go down memory lane with Joe Biden. (laughs) Oh, boy, easy to go off the rails. Uh, He remembered he'd been asked in 2003 to deliver the eulogy for former Senator Strom Thurmond. Thurmond was a lifelong opponent of the civil rights movement. But Biden says it was easier to work with Thurmond than it is with these MAGA Republicans. And he said, by the time Strom left, he did terrible things. But by the time he left, he had more African-Americans in his staff than any other member of Congress. Oh, please. He voted to reauthorize the Voting Rights Act. I'm not making him more than he was, but my point is at least you could work with some of these guys. And he said time and time and again, Republicans show they are the party of chaos and division. What? <laughs> you, you have got to be kidding. You have got to be joking. So the GOP today is worse than the racists that he served with in the Senate back in the 70s. <laughs> oh, man. When do you ever hear anything racist come out of this program? When do you ever hear, or any of the other conservative talk programs out there, when do you ever hear anything racist coming out of, you know, Speaker House Speaker Mike Johnson? Coming out of Republicans, mainstream, you know, you just don't, you just don't see it. It's again, it's the misrepresentation. It's just this march of absolute untruths. Um, a party of chaos and division. It's, why are Republicans a party of division? Because they disagree with this president. You can't disagree with this president. You're dividing. You're dividing the country. <laughs> uh, I laugh at this because you have to. I mean, seriously. It's just it's so incredible. Uh, so incredible. Uh, there was, and just to lighten it up here before we end uh, this week, I caught this at Outkick.com this morning. It's a piece by Zach Dean. And remember uh, Kid Rock had shot up that Bud Light? He's upset with Bud Light, and he'd shot up the beer, and it went viral, and it was all over the place when Bud Light was having its, its issues. Well, now Kid Rock has ended his boycott. And there's a piece at Outkick talking about this. So this was about a year ago, a little less, but about a year ago. Remember he shot those cases of Bud Light and everybody, everybody, everybody rejoiced. Well, now he was, he's getting together with, uh, 
Uh, Anheuser-Busch wanted to win him back. Kid Rock. So the CEO of Anheuser-Busch flew to Nashville. And Rock was talking about it with Joe Rogan. And he said that he and the CEO of of Anheuser-Busch, he said, we broke bread, got effed up on Bud Light, bold. And he said, at the end of the day, they got the message, and I'm not someone who holds a grudge. And he said, honest to God, I was having a lot of fun. One of the things I told him as a friend, somebody who didn't want to see this brand destroyed anymore, didn't want to see the brand destroyed anymore. And Kid Rock said of this, you got smacked, a pretty hard spanking, and I don't want to hold your head under water. Drown this company and put people out of work. You got the message, he said. So Kid Rock is saying he's ending his boycott, then a Bud Light, it, it's over. He's he's done with back to drinking and partying with the officials of Anheuser-Busch. Which, which is fine. You know, I've always thought, hey, it's, I, I'm not a Bud Light drinker. I'm not a beer drinker. I've told you that all through this. So I don't have a horse in that race. I really don't. I don't drink, don't drink uh, beer. I really don't. I'm more of a whiskey fan myself. Ever had Buffalo Trace? Oh, Buffalo Trace whiskey. Ooh. I recommend it. Highly recommend it. Um, but I'm not a beer drinker. And I've always said, hey, it's up to and let people make their choices. And I continue to believe that one of the problems that Bud Light's going to have, here's the, here's the problem. When you infuriate your base, even if it's for a short period of time, okay, it's all, you know, hugs and kisses now between Kid Rock and Budweiser. That's all well and good. But we've talked about this. When people change brands, what happens? Now they become loyal to a new brand. And guess what? I have no reason to go back to the old brand. I think that's going to continue to be the problem that Anheuser-Busch is going to face. Is when you give your customers, when you anger them, And there's no question that Anheuser-Busch did. When you anger them, they're going to move on to other, some will move on to other products. Once that's been done, there is absolutely no compelling reason, unless you haven't found a beer that you like as much as Bud Light, and a lot of people have, And they've called me and they said, I I actually have found brands that I like more. Why would you go back? Well, the reality is you won't. It's all well and good for Kid Rock. He's back in with Anheuser-Busch. And, you know, they're they're trying to appeal to him and whining and dining him and bowling and doing all that fun stuff. Sounds great. Most Americans aren't in that position. It's not the most of us aren't there. We've already moved on, and you know what? You put this issue behind us, behind yourself. You're moving on. You may have found a new brand that you enjoy. Why would you go back? The reality is that you won't.
Uh, I just think a lot of Americans, yeah, it's too late. It's too, I said this months and months ago, too little, too late.